My name's Edie. I'm 17. I'm a senior in high school. I'm Chinese American. I'm an introvert. I'm a dancer. I do theater. I could go on, but to save you some time, I won't. All I'm saying is that everyone has a unique set of attributes from which an individual voice emerges. So with that, welcome to my podcast, Voices. Here we talk about a lot of things, but what's important is that everyone who shares uses their voice to discuss the topic at hand. Part of being human is discovering your voice, but it's also about learning the voices of others. Today I'm back with a very special episode. In my English class, Diverse Perspectives in Literature, we have spent the last month or so learning about single stories framed around Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie's TED Talk, The Dangers of a Single Story. Now, as our unit comes to an end, our final project is to reflect on our thoughts and what we've learned. When I saw that the assignment had an opportunity to make a podcast episode, an instant light bulb went off. So, welcome back. One thing that Adichie emphasizes in her TED Talk is that no one is exempt from believing in single stories. This unit has allowed me to reflect on both the single stories that I believed in and how I can change that perspective, as well as the single stories that I've experienced as a person of color and a member of a non-dominant group. We read many texts throughout this unit, but one of my favorites was a poem by Melissa Lozada Oliva called AKA WWJJD, or What Would Jessica Jones Do? Lozada Oliva is a poet who explores Latina identity and feminism. AKA WWJJD discusses a single story that I've experienced, the idea that people of color don't belong in movies and TV shows. AKA WWJJD shows how hurtful this idea can be and how it causes many people of color to interpret characters and themes in different ways in order to relate and see themselves. Lozada Oliva writes, Jessica Jones is so dark-haired she must be Latina. I pretend she is so that I am not once again rooting for some angry white girl. Another line from the poem that emphasizes this idea was, I tell myself that all of this throwing a heater out of the window must be chingona. Chingona is a Spanish slang term for badass. I mentioned before that this is a single story that I've experienced, and I've also shared this story in a previous podcast episode, but when I was younger, I convinced myself that Mulan was my favorite Disney princess because she was the only Asian one, even though I'm not really anything like her. While it's great to have strong female characters who are also people of color, not every little Asian girl shares this one personality, and many try to channel Mulan's fierceness despite not relating to those characteristics themselves. Another poem we read that grapples with ideas of representation, or lack thereof, is Fatima Asghar's poem called Microaggression Bingo. Asghar identifies as a Pakistani Kashmir American, and this poem provides insight into several microaggressions that many Muslim South Asian identifying individuals face daily, some of them relating to representation. One line reads, all of the actors in a movie about Egypt are white, and another says, the villains are wearing headscarves in yet another fantasy series. People of color are still very underrepresented in TV, movies, books, etc. And when they are represented, they're either played by white people or depicted as the enemies or perpetuating negative stereotypes. Asgar even pointed out related personal experiences of casting calls to play a terrorist or a battered hijabi woman. I'm grateful that we got to study many single stories throughout this unit and disappointed with how much I didn't already know. Before this unit, I didn't know much about Native American single stories. 
One poem we read by Latinx and Mojave poet Natalie Diaz called 10 Reasons Why Indians Are Good at Basketball revealed a lot. Aside from discussing the significance of basketball to Native American communities, the poem also includes many historical allusions and themes of lingering anger. One line that quite directly references a single story is, on the court is the only place we will never be hungry. That net is an emptiness we can fill up all day long. Not only does it mention a single story, but it also intertwines the single story with a devotion to basketball. The last line of the poem reads, a basketball has never really been just a basketball. It will always be a slick, bright bullet we can sling from the three-point arc with five seconds left on a clock in the year 1492, and as it rips down through the net, our enemies will fall to their wounded knees with torn ACLs. I found this line to be an incredibly powerful way to end the poem. It refers to the significance of basketball as well as an allusion to the Battle of Wounded Knee in a very clever way. But I interpreted this line to mean that while Native Americans have been cheated time and time again in this country, basketball is one thing that they will always have over white people. And not just standard basketball, but their version of basketball that has intertwined so many different aspects of their culture. Native American history and single stories are less familiar to me because we don't learn about it in English or history classes. There is so much ugly history that is brushed over because nobody wants to face the racist decisions that our country has made. And I believe it will take a long time for us to process and come to terms with. A lot of the time when we learn about non-dominant communities, we only hear of oppression and we hardly ever focus on the good things. And one of the most valuable lessons from this unit was focusing on the good things. We examined how to think beyond the single story and in order to do so, we must understand the full picture. To ignore the joy, celebration, strength, and resistance is to not fully understand a given community. By learning about these things, I learned more about and was inspired by people's willingness to remain strong despite all the pain and suffering they face. I also learned that there are so many ways that members of non-dominant communities find joy, strength, and celebration, including the practice of freedom dreaming. One piece we read was an article featured in Vogue written by Tourmaline, titled, Filmmaker and Activist Tourmaline on How to Freedom Dream. Tourmaline is a transgender woman of color who identifies as queer, and she describes this practice of freedom dreaming as making decisions for yourself that make you feel good or help you manifest the type of world you want to see, a world where we can be free. She says that, Freedom dreams are born when we face harsh conditions, not with despair, but with the deep knowledge that these conditions will change, that a world filled with softness and beauty and care is not only possible, but inevitable. Non-dominant groups are faced with many harsh conditions and freedom dreaming allows us to find strength by envisioning and working towards a world we want to live in. But freedom dreaming is not necessarily big picture, change-making actions. Tourmaline writes that freedom dreaming is not only the huge world changes that we are manifesting in our movements, like police and prison abolition, free universal health care, and gender self-determination for all, but also the small actions we take to make ourselves happy. As I mentioned before, Tourmaline says that freedom dreams come from facing harsh conditions, and Top 10 Reasons Why Indians Are Good at Basketball shows how Native American communities find strength and resilience through basketball as a product of enduring painful history. The third reason reads, we know how to block shots, how to stuff them down your throat, because when you say shoot, we hear 
Howitzer and Hotchkiss and Springfield Model 1873, alluding to cannons and guns used by white settlers against Native Americans. And finally, another common thread across many of the joy, celebration, strength, and resistance texts we read was a connection to family and ancestors. AKA WWJJD demonstrates this in the lines, I tell myself all of this dark hair clinging to her rosy cheeks like a bad boyfriend must have been my abuela's once. All of this smash a cockroach that crawls up the drain must be with my mother's fist. For a lot of people of color in the U.S., turning to family members and ancestors provides a connection to ethnic culture. I interpreted this line as Lozada Oliva connecting a Jessica Jones character to her grandmother and mother, two figures that Lozada Oliva can see herself in. understanding of the many single stories we studied is definitely still incomplete because I haven't lived or existed in any space other than my own. It wasn't until recently that I learned the importance of educating myself and pushing myself to understand people and communities beyond the labels that society casts them into. This unit has pushed me to consider two new things for my future. One is to take time to think beyond single stories and understand the experiences of members of non-dominant communities rather than categorizing or alienating them. And two, to understand how the discrimination and struggles that members of non-dominant communities can inspire us to freedom dream. To dream of a world where none of these oppressive systems and policies exist. The last line I want to leave you with is another one from Tourmaline's Vogue piece. The world I dreamed of is filled with ease. I'm not satisfied with black trans lives mattering. I want black trans lives to be easy, to be pleasurable, and to be filled with lush opportunities. I want the abundance we've gifted the world, the art, the care, the knowledge, and the beauty to be offered back to us tenfold.